Moncrief on News Talk. This whole thing is a pack of lies. No, but that man Pete, he said he met this man who said he was... Oh, he said, she said, they said. They're always saying something. But do you want to know the truth? Do you know what it really is, AIDS? It's a racket. It's a money-making scheme for drugs companies. Do you seriously think there's an illness that only kills gay men? It can calculate that you're gay and kill you, but no one else. Hmm. What about bisexuals? Do they only get sick every other day? And they say it's a cancer, but you can't catch cancer. Cancer is not a thing that can get caught. It's not like a cold or a cough. It's cancer. It doesn't transmit. Because imagine it, gay cancer. How is a cancer gay? I mean, what does it look like? Is it pink? Where is it? Is it in the wrist? I mean, for God's sake. Yeah, all these stories and all these rumors and all these nightmares, because that's what they want you to think that lot. Yeah, uh, some echoes of that clip we played uh, earlier on in the show. That's uh, It's a Sin. Uh, it's on on Fridays at 9pm on Channel 4. They can watch the entire series now on all four. James Dempsey joins us uh, once again. Afternoon, James. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Huge buzz about this online. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I couldn't not find positive uh, praise for it absolutely everywhere when I was looking at my timeline on any social media over the weekend every single person I knew I know seems to have watched it and seems to have absolutely and utterly adored it and I'm a little bit more cool to it than everyone else. Um, but, okay, well, uh, well before, before, we, before yeah. we establish how you've betrayed everyone, uh, uh, tell us what it's about. Okay, so it is, it, it's a new drama, five-part drama from Russell T. Davis, who uh, probably made his name 20 years ago when he made um, Queer as Folk for Channel 4. And it was this, probably more than 20 years ago at this stage, but it was this mm. big game-changing moment in the representation of, of, of British gay men on TV. And uh, this time around, it's a drama that follows a group of 18-year-olds. The main one is a guy named Richie, who we spoke there, who's played by Ollie Ollie Alexander, who is better known as the lead singer of the band Years and Years. And he... um, he arrives in London and from the Isle of Wight and he's gay and he befriends various gay men and one woman named Jill. And it begins their journey from, we'll say, the decade between 1981 to 1981 with the advent of the AIDS crisis in the UK and how they navigate that and how it infiltrates their lives and affects them. And I think it's fairly obvious that any kind of drama about that topic is going to be very affecting because mm. this is about young men in their prime finding their finding a family and then dying right and when you enter this show like at times it is obviously very tough and very heartfelt and very emotional and it packs a lot of emotional wallops throughout the show for me it peaks in in episode three but uh across the board like it is it is it is a good like it is a well-made good nice drama that is that captures, I think, extremely well a couple of things. The first one being how fun it is to be with friends, right? Mm. It has this great, uh, like, camaraderie and culture between them. It establishes that very well. Then it immediately establishes the sense of, like, fear and uncertainty and dread. And what it does exceptionally well, I would say, is cast a sort of light on shame and living with stigma and what growing up in 1980s or 90s or, well, it could even be this decade, is surrounded by people who may not support you and the way you are, how that can be completely and utterly detrimental to you in numerous ways. So across the board, before I offer my criticism, I want to say I thought that this was good and I and generally I did think it was, you know, well worth sitting down to watch 
my bigger issue with it, however, kind of falls around particularly the character of Jill, right? So they, um, mm. all the guys have this, you know, th- there's all the guys in the house, right? We have uh, Richie, we have Roscoe, who's this Nigerian British guy who's basically been thrown out of his family home. We have Colin, uh, the the little Nell of, of the did you piece. get a bang of Alan Partridge off Colin? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yes, <laughs> who's I mean, who's this sweet, uh, nice but dim guy from the valleys, mm. and like you just can't help but feel sorry for him. And uh, and then there's Jill, uh, and then there's Jill basically. And my issue with it was. You know, I saw so many people writing about, oh, Jill, she's this amazing character. She's just so selfless. And I kind of thought that this was a real uh, poorly constructed character. Oh, mm. she she's St. Jill, right? That yeah. is it. Yeah. She doesn't have any motivation to do anything for herself. All the guys are like living it up, having a great time. Where's Jill's boyfriend? Where's her getting the kiss? Where's her yeah. getting a bit of, you know, rolling the hay every now and again, right? It's just Jill is St. Jill, who is perfect and, and nothing. And I kind of th- found this really interesting interesting because she's based on a real person she's based on um a woman named jill nalder who is a friend of uh, russell t davis i think from when he went to a a welsh drama kind of school after he graduated from either oxford or cambridge i can't remember which one off the top of my head but anyway um she is she plays jill's mother in the show itself so the real jill is on screen Ah, and and it's only the character of jill is only sort of loosely inspired by her the real jill was not I presume quite as as selfless as the Jill in this show is, but I just sort of got a bit annoyed every time uh, Jill never did anything for herself, or how care how how little her friends seemed to care about her life. Right? Mm. It was always just uh, and there was no they, them up. and they never explored it at all. Like she saw all her friends die. Yes, they never was, saw. And, oh, this had no effect on her. She just kind of kept going. Yeah, and this is a rich thing. You know, that's sort of what I thought when they first introduced this character. That's exactly who I thought Jill was going to be. This is going to be this survivor and living with survivor's guilt. Mm. But instead, the show goes off on a couple of strange tangents that particularly don't go anywhere. I would I would cite as an example an entire subplot with Stephen Fry that um, I guess ultimately is to add perhaps some comic relief. But for me, fell fell absolutely flat on its face and did not, you know, carry this emotional punch that or or humorous punch that I thought it was trying to do. So I thought just in, you know, this is a, not a long show, right? Five episodes is quite short. There may be 45 minutes a piece. And yet there's still fat to trim from this script. And that's why I just don't think it's this masterpiece that I think it's being heralded as when I see it on, on TV. I think it is fine i think good i think it is good i think it's well made it is very emotionally um resonant at times the other criticism i would have of it um but i have seen this uh, elsewhere is that it it doesn't quite end on a like it you know it doesn't end on quite the positive note that we find ourselves in 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 the year 2021 right mm-hmm. so there's if if you were to watch um you know mrs america as an example which is like the drama about the equal rights amendment in the us when that ends it has this very moving montage about the state of of womanhood in the us today uh, even though it, it still isn't perfect. And here, if you were watching this and you don't know anything about you know, HIV in the year 2021, you wouldn't know from watching this that we are now at a point where if you are on medication, you are not, you know, you are undetectable, you are untransmittable, you cannot pass it on. And therefore, that's why it's important to go and get tested. This, I think, dug down into some of this sort of um, 
some of the kind of more stereotypical views of 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 HIV that we've moved beyond, hopefully, anyway, in this decade. Mm, yeah, the, the, but the, the the thing that struck me. Uh, also about it was uh, that it was dripping in nostalgia and uh, maybe it, like I lived in London during the 1980s and basically if you went to a club uh, the gay community owned nightclubs at that <laughs> at that time and and, the, and there is that speech and I was kind of lucky to hear uh, glad to hear it from Richie's character saying you know it was great fun and it was there was there was and and it, and it was kind of like a gay version of this this life almost. I get you. Yeah, I I agree with that. That's a that's totally a fair point, and and as I said, it does establish this. You know, there's this concept of like the chosen family, right? That gay people choose their family if they are particularly excommunicated, excommunicated from their own family. And I do think it does center between the gay men this sense of absolute like uh, you know <laughs> homoerotic fraternity <laughs> basically yes. mm. uh, whereas I just wish they had given Jill a bit more to do than mm. you know rub their brow and tell them how sorry she is for them you know I just would have liked her to be a bit more fleshed out a bit more realistic except for perfectly saint a perfect saint all the time yeah know? oh no I completely agree with that however the, the, the I suppose the other big female character in it uh, 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 Richie's mother Keely Hawes particularly in the last episode like that that was jaw-droppingly good I thought in the sense that it went the opposite way than you thought it would definitely and without giving any spoilers away yeah without giving any spoilers away there's a there's a scene in the in the final episode oh, I mean there's yeah. plenty of scenes but Particularly for me, there's a scene, we'll say, on a hospital ward that uh, is a one. Lo- it, it maybe it probably isn't one long take, but it it is sort of stylized as one long take, and it goes in every direction you think it's not going to go in, and that is just for, that that for me was just this absolute standout excellent scene. Yeah, and there's a reveal at the end of that as well, where you do, you know, I defy you not to go what uh, <laughs> and swear loudly. Uh, but as you said as well, I thought uh, episode three was. Uh, that was like that did rip your heart out of your chest. Plus, it was a bit educational in 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 uh, um, even though like there was there was a lot of aspects to AIDS that you didn't get enough perhaps um, publicity at the time, and that you know generally it was thought of like you develop some sort of cancer and sarcomas and the like, but it could affect the brain just as yeah. horrifically. Um, and that is uh, you know how it rob you know the the indignity of it is is mm. is right there on screen in a very shocking and provocative way. Yeah. Right. Uh, a couple of bits of uh, TV news uh, and uh, Budweiser, Pepsi and Coke are going to, um, are they pulling advertising from the Super Bowl? Y- yes and no. Right. So basically the Super Bowl is go- is on the 7th of February this year and uh, everyone knows it is very famous for its, you know, advertising spots. And I think it's something like five million dollars for a 30 second spot during it. And this year, for the first time, I think in 40 years, Pepsi, Coca-Cola and Budweiser are not going to run advertising spots for Pepsi, Budweiser and Coca-Cola, but they will be running running advertising for the other products that they have in their massive conglomerates. But instead of running the adverts for their main three products, they're actually going to donate the money instead and put the money towards um, sort of like vaccine awareness programs in the US. And now it's sort of uh, this, I mean, obviously it's very difficult to run the Super Bowl advertising as is anyway because 
these ads are normally very, like very you know wry and tongue in cheek, and this is just not a year to be necessarily wry and tongue in cheek, and yet it's also not a year to be maudlin and you know kind of miserable all the time either, right? We need you know we need a bit of a lift every now and again as well. So this time around, because they have left those spaces over um, or open rather, it is now open to new companies that have not done this advertising before. And we're going to see like rivals to TikTok creating Super Bowl ads for the first time that, you know, to try and uh, attract an audience while Coca-Cola, Budweiser and Pepsi are, are, are drumming up vaccine support. Right. OK, well, that'll be interesting to see. And uh, Kenneth Branagh is going to play Boris Johnson. Mm. Yeah, there was a lot of criticism of this that it was like a, a bit too soon, right? Because uh, Michael Winterbottom, the the filmmaker or the filmmaker and director, and uh, Kieran Quirk, I can't remember if you, well, I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, a month ago, I spoke about this legal sitcom called Defending the Guilty. That yes, was there, the the writer of that, a guy named Kieran Quirk, they've come together to write this. I'm not how many, I'm not sure how many parts, but it's called this Sceptered Isle, and it's going to look basically at how the UK interact well how the uk miss mishandled i guess the 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 covid pandemic right from sort of the corridors of power in westminster to wards on a hospital taking in different facets and and different people right across the uk and kenneth branagh is going to lead it and he'll be doing you know he'll be doing his boris johnson impression really uh yeah He's uh, physically you wouldn't you know put him in the same category as boris johnson but i suppose it'll be interesting to see what he's uh, what he's going to do with that. Yeah, very interesting. Right, uh, we do have two more shows to talk about. We're going to take a break Break first. Back in a couple of minutes. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. James Dempsey uh, is still with us. Uh, before the break, James is telling us about uh, It's a Sin, which you can catch on Fridays on Channel 4. There, The entire series is available uh, to stream on the All 4 app. And a lot of people texting in uh, James saying largely that they agree with you uh, that uh, they thought the series was excellent but they did think themselves that uh, Jill's character was too underdeveloped uh, Sinead for instance says I would have liked to know more about her she didn't seem to have a life outside of her work and her helping work uh, what about her relationships etc uh, says Sinead in fact actually <laughs> during the break I just thought of another thing in relation to that but I don't want to say it because it would be a, a, a total spoiler but it kind of bolsters the point you were making uh, that uh, a lot of the, all the male men in that flash seem to have just a one way uh, relationship with her uh, anyway moving on from that Karen says uh, I tune into your show a lot I love your researcher who talks about stuff on TV sorry I'm useless with names that would be James Dempsey uh, he mentioned Call My Agent last week I started it and I love it I'm now on series two, episode four, going through a rough time at the moment uh, on top of the you-know-what, and it's really cheered me up this past week. I love Shit's Creek, and I was so sad when that ended. This is giving the same sort of feel-good escapism. It's an excellent show, edgy too. Thanks a million. Uh, says Karen, could you make that comparison between Call My Agent and Shit's Creek, James? I mean, it's definitely filled with narcissists who are, you know, a bit backstabby and also supporting of each other as well. So, yeah, I, I do think it's a, you know, they're in the same sort of family tree, maybe. Okay. Uh, Kevin uh, says, I've been, I've been watching WandaVision and as everyone is saying now, I wonder more. Is that what they've been saying, Kevin? Uh, it's a blend of the Partridge family stroke Green Acres, showing my age there, and Pleasantville with Reese Witherspoon. Uh, look forward to more today. Oh, is it on uh, on Thursdays uh, they come tomorrow, out? I think it's tomorrow. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought, actually. Uh, I, I, I think I watched the first... Yeah, I did watch the first three. It's asking a lot, I think, of 
its fans to say, I know, you know, something's coming, uh, but it's not quite coming yet. Yeah, I mean, it would for me now. I would like, I'd like an episode four to, to for it to get a little, a little bit closer to getting there. Do you know, like mm. I need a bit more kind of. I, I get the shtick, and I'd like you know <laughs> the carrot, <laughs> basically. Yes, this yeah. Uh, at this stage of the game, uh, right? We'll move on to our second show of the day. Uh, is yeah, this number two is losing Alice? Uh, you can watch new episodes every Friday on Apple TV Plus. Here's a clip. Tell me, did you get a new script from a student? I just met a student on a train who mentioned that she sent you a script that blew you away. Who was it? Sophie something. Sophie Marciano? I heard she had zero training. And told she never studied and wrote her script using a how-to manual. Now, Lifshitz is producing it with two co-producers from overseas. They're pouring tons of cash into it. Wow. So I hear. Have you met her yet? No, they just sent the script. Okay, that's uh, uh, a Losing Alice, which you can watch on Apple TV. New episodes are dropping every Friday. Uh, it's billed as an uh, um, erotic thriller, James. Uh, that's, is it? It is. Uh, it is and it isn't. I would say, you know, um, if, if you... So watch The Undoing with Nicole Kidman and we're left a bit cold, which definitely I was. Mm. I think this is a far more satisfying like psychological thriller than that is. Now, I will say it's actually in Hebrew. So it's an Israeli show on, on Apple TV+. Plus. I I pulled that English dubbing. But I will say uh, credit to um, to the dubbing on Apple TV+. Plus. It's, it's far better than the dubbing on Netflix that I've heard. Okay. And actually, the lead actress covers herself in English as well. So she's double jobbing. But it's, it's about Alice, who's this sort of mid-40s um, Israeli d- director and she'd had a hit way back when and is sort of settled into a matriarch role in her family. She's married to a, a very successful um, actor and on a train one day she meets you know <laughs> this sexpot psychopath yeah. who, aren't, um, they all? <laughs> aren't they all <laughs> who also has like a brown bob. This seems to be the haircut of dangerous women and um, she, uh, she talks about oh you know I loved you, I always loved you and I, I sent your husband a script and then she does a bit, of, a bit of, you know, a weird thing and she's sort of stuck in her head. And later on, uh, it's revealed that uh, her husband is very interested in this part and the director of it has mysteriously uh, disappeared and uh, she would like Alice to direct it. And into her, into their life comes Sophie, the, psychop- you know, the psychotic sexpot, and she um, is you know, a completely destabilizing force in every regard, professionally, emotionally, sexually, you name it, right? Now, they've only released three episodes of it so far, but it is very, it is extremely watchable. Everything about it is so stylish uh, and beautifully made and and photographed. Eilat Zurer is the lead actress. She plays Alice. Her best known English language role, I would say, is in one of the, I think, Angels and Demons, the you know Robert Langdon uh, kind of mo- like Da Vinci Code esque movies, and she was Superman's mother in Man of Steel, uh, his real mother on Krypton. I mean, but um, she's not particularly well known to English language audiences beyond that. But she is really magnetic in this. She's just like she, you know, she she says so. Like in in, in the last two years, I think face acting has become my my go to thing, and you know, <laughs> things like you know, um, Fleabag or something, and she does amazing face acting in this as well, where. She's not necessarily saying a lot, but she's saying a lot at the same time. It is really 
just like at times creepy and weird and then other times funny and sexy. And it is, you know, it, it is very good. I think it is so far the best thing that I have seen on Apple TV plus which now I don't know if it's the, the thing I would say you must go out and seek your like subscription for. But if you're looking at a, like a free week of it, you could do a lot better than just waiting a lot worse rather than waiting a couple of weeks for this to finish and watch, you know, and binge the whole thing in one go because it is very, very good. OK, all right. Uh, uh, and but but it is dubbed. But the, the dubbing, as you say, seems to be pretty good. Oh, well, no, you can watch it in Hebrew. I just, you can watch it with subtitles, but I just, you know, so, so your listeners could get a feel of it. I, I did the dubbing. Yeah, okay. No, well, fair enough. That would have thrown them in the Hebrew. Uh, right, we'll move on to our third uh, sh- uh, show of the day. It is Superstore, all five seasons now streaming on Netflix. Here's your clip. So when do you become a soulless suit and forget about the little guy? No, it's not. The whole job is being a liaison to Cloud9, so I'm still going to be working with you guys. And they're still ironing out the details, but it'll probably be soon. Damn it. Oh, not the California thing. I already knew about that. I actually knew before Jonah, so no big deal. But uh, Brian just texted. We're supposed to be going to the Aloha Thunder indoor water park for a sex weekend, but it turns out they're closing. Seems like this coronavirus deal is spreading. Oh, the NBA just announced they're suspending the season. What? Wow. More cases are popping up in Oregon, Washington, New York. Guys, Tom Hanks has it. What? What? No. No. Uh, what about Rita? Does it say anything about Rita? <laughs> right. Okay. That's a superstar. Uh, all five seasons uh, are now available on Netflix. So this has been around for a while, James. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, it has only just come to Netflix here, but it's in its uh, sixth season, I think, in the US and has more than 100 episodes. It, it is, you know, a very somewhat generic but well made and well cast and well put together American sitcom and like sometimes you just want 20 minutes of mindless you know silly fun and camaraderie and will they won't they and all that kind of stuff and you're going to get that from this it comes from a guy named Justin Spitzer who wrote many episodes of the US version of The Office and was nominated for Emmys for that and he also wrote episodes of Scrubs and Grounded for Life if if you recall those shows and it stars America Ferreira uh, late of Ugly Betty as Amy, who's like the store, you know, the, the floor manager, will say in this big box American store, so like a Target or or something like that. Mm. And into that comes uh, Ben Feldman of Mad Men as Jonah, who is sort of the uh, slightly intellectual guy who winds up working amongst this ragtag of oddballs. And it is ex- it's an extremely good ensemble piece, right? Everyone is well cast. Everybody delivers on their character. It has an awful lot of charm. But it's not The Office, right? It's not this absolutely amazing must-watch sitcom. But it's the kind of one that if you give it the space, <laughs> got a bit cheesier. If you yeah. give it the space in your heart to like, if you, you know, if you, if you, if you give it a bit of space, you will take to it and you will grow with it and you will like it more and more and more without ever having the need to ever rewatch it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to make that. Um, what to make of that review? It's great, but you'll forget about it instantly. Yeah, pretty like it is a really, really good single serving TV show. And it's certainly uh, like if you watch the first season, I think there's only 11 episodes maybe there. It's like it is grand. But then into the second, it begins to really find its groove and it is charming. It, it has an awful lot of charm. Everyone in it is very good. The characters are, as I said, these slightly you know quirky, oddball eccentrics and everybody delivers on the role that they have to. If you're just looking for like a nice, simple thing to fold the laundry to, this is absolutely perfect. Right. Okay. So from what you're saying, do I be right to infer that there's not maybe a lot of character development in this? 
that things remain largely the same. Uh, well, it, yes. I, I mean, I think over the six, I'll, I'll say I'm only two seasons in. So, so there hasn't been an awful lot of uh, massive change since the, you know, in, in the episodes I've seen. But my understanding is, is uh, well, at one point, America Ferreira is going to depart. I know that. that. That made an awful lot of headlines about whether the show could continue without her. And it did for one season after she left. But we haven't yet gotten that far. Yeah. Okay. Grand stuff. So, uh, Paddy says the discovery of Richard review uh, of witches reviewed last week is worth a try. The story is about a woman who's finding out she has powers, and the vampire she falls in love with, he has daddy and family issues. Ah, don't they all? Uh, is very upper class English and generally annoying. She gives a very good performance on her journey to learn how to use her powers. So, story develops very well, and it's worth watching. Uh, as uh, Bernard says, he just started watching BoJack Horseman uh, on Netflix, uh, of which you were a huge fan, James. I am, though I will say it's the kind of show that you have to get into the groove of. So if you're not loving it, stick with it would be my advice. And uh, finally, Neve says, I've been glued to The Terror on RTE2 for the last few weeks, Tuesday nights, but haven't heard anyone else talking about how brilliant and suspenseful it is. Uh, I'm recommending it to all. Any opinions on it? Have you heard of that? I haven't. I did it on this slot probably <laughs> about two years ago. It oh, did on, you? Yeah. I did. It was on Amazon. Uh, the first two seasons on Amazon. The second one is not as good as the first one. It is an, an anthology piece. It's about like uh, guys either in the North Pole. I think it's the North Pole on a ship. Uh, Kieran Hines being one of them. And there's some like creepy, weird stuff going on. Ah. It is excellent. It is very atmospheric. And like on a cold winter's night, you know, good atmospheric TV viewing. All right, James, thanks a million. Uh, once again, James Dempsey there. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. Uh, after that break, uh, the rise and fall and rise of Tiger Woods. Moncrief on News Talk. Looking for great prices on technology? At Harvey Norman, our specialist staff can help find the product that's right for you. We have all the biggest brands and latest technology in stock today, like the new Samsung Galaxy Chromebook. The slim design and long battery life make it the perfect fit for those on the go. Now, 349 saves 60 euro. Or hear every last detail with the Samsung Galaxy Buds Pro Earbuds. Now, 189 save 50 euro. Discover our huge range in store or online today. Harvey Norman, your technology specialists. Go! 